0: I want to I maybe take in a few things that can be a little sensitive. So I do want to ask your forgiveness before I start. I might offend some of you because we're going to talk about the role of the husband a little, the role of the wife, what is family all about, what you should do with your children, what you shouldn't do with your children. Just try and be a little more practical, this, this message but it is from the Bible, and if you have some, some sort of offense with me, please forgive me. Go to your Bible and get offended with the Bible or with, with Jesus, because he, he will sort you out. So let's just pray quickly. Lord, thank you that you are for family, and that you, wanna, you want us to build family in the correct, correct manner so that we can influence this world, Lord, so that we can transform not only South Africa, but the nation's. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, we're going to start with a picture. It's going to be up there. And this is the, the biblical portrait of our family. So that's my best PowerPoint art. Um, okay, great. So... Um, so it says, biblical, biblical blueprint of family and discipleship super machine. So when you think of family, often what you think of, it's what, what I can get from my family. It's a place of safety. It's a place to be nurtured. It's a place where I feel at home. But if you look biblically at family, it's actually a discipleship machine. It's a place where... People can be converted, young kids can be converted and discipled in the ways of the Lord. I'm often thinking of little Levi Marais. Levi is adopted into the Marais family, and I'm thinking the devil had a plan with Levi. His mother had to reject him, had to give him away, but then he found this almost perfect family. Francois loves Jesus with everything in us, he's a worship leader. Lindy is also a leader in our leadership leadership team and they love jesus so levi is put into this family and because of this family this biblical family levi the devil doesn't have a chance with levi so it's a way of discipling people so don't only think of wow how can i protect what i have also think if you build biblically your family it's actually one of the greatest ways the greatest tools to impact george and, and the nations. So where do we start with family? We start at the bottom. Jesus should be the foundation. Then we have the pillars, wife and husband. And in our day and age, you have to add, wife is female. Husband is male. That's how it is. End of the story. And then there's a little arch. There's a little arch, which is the, the roof of this house. It's called children. And then there is a hard, loving relationship between husband, wife, and Jesus, connecting Jesus to the children. And this is not only for the people with, with biological children or the people that's in a biological family, but also people that is in a spiritual family. Church is that represents family. It represents what didn't happen in your biological family that can happen in church. And God wants to set many things straight. Through church okay so let's start at the beginning the family the family blueprint and i want to read i'm going to just take one scripture and then we're going to get practical so ephesians 3 verse fourteen twenty one 21 says this for this reason i bow my knees before the father so hear that title paul saying god is a father i bow my knees i worship the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So the family structure, the family unit, your family, the is come from the Father, comes from God the Father, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with the power through His Spirit in your inner being. So that's verse 16. I want you to just go back one slide to that reinforced concrete picture. So if you think of that picture that we just had, this is what you see on the inside. You see those steel rods that people in the construction industry use to reinforce the concrete. So it looks like while the husband is one pillar and the wife is one pillar and the church or the children, they the arch, the roof, but it's actually reinforced with the power of God, like we see here in verse 16. It says, with the power through his spirit in your inner being. There's access that we have to the strength of God when we are in relationship with the spirit of of Jesus Christ. So then verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts, again, in your hearts through faith that, that you being rooted and grounded in love grounded, founded on Jesus, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then verse 20, the so famous scripture that many of us quote or put on our fridges. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever so again talking about the power that's within us those reinforced those steel rods that you have access to when you build on the biblical foundation which is jesus christ and then far more abundantly what you can think or ask god can do through you through your family even if you're a single mother, if you get reinforced by the steel rods of the Holy Spirit, you can change the world. And it's precious because Paul's writing this and he's a single man. And he's talking about family, he's talking about generations, he's talking about the power that's inside of you. So Jesus is the foundation of a healthy family and also world transformation. So I'm adding that every time. It's not only about your little family. Some of us who come from dysfunctional families, we're like, okay, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right for the three and a half of us and the dog and the parrots. I'm going to get it right for us because I didn't get it uh, I didn't get a biblical model of what family should look like for my family, but God's saying, No, you need to build strong here so that we can take nations, so we can bring transformation to the people in your neighborhood, but also across, across the ocean. So, a couple of remarks on that. Nothing else, nothing else will, will suffer as the foundation, not children. Not education, not money. The basis, and also you must now check the way that you do family, of your family is not, you need to earn more money. It's not, your children need to be better educated. It's, It's not even just the two of you. The only foundation for family that can work and that can change the environment is Jesus Christ. And everything that he puts in his word. Therefore, we cannot, from a biblical point of view, we cannot say that a male-male marriage is a marriage because that's not biblical. We cannot say a female-female marriage is a marriage because it's not biblical. Because if you're bold on the foundation of Jesus Christ, then you also say, this is the true word. This is the foundation. I'm not going to submit to my feelings or the way that I feel about myself, or even what the world says, I'm only going to submit to this truth. So I'm willing to go beyond even my feelings, or even my environment, or people, what people are telling me, or even my family member that's maybe sexually confused. I'm going to go beyond that, and I'm going to say, Lord, I love, and I love, and I have mercy, and I have kindness, and I'm reaching out, but I'm going to base it on the truth of the Word of God because ultimately that will be a strong foundation nothing will be able to remove that foundation nothing nothing you can go through the hardest times that foundation is unshakable and if you remain there that those steel rods that go through you will also keep you intact you little human being that's fragile so number two, it is the most important relationship for husband and wife to pursue, not with each other. So it sounds like common sense, but it's not. Because often what we see is, especially young couple, young couples, they fall so in love with one another that they forget there's a, another more important relationship have with Jesus Christ if your girlfriend or your boyfriend doesn't have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ then you are setting yourself up for failure yes there's the grace of God we all have had um, testimonies of people got married one was unsaved wife was saved and then the husband got saved through just the process of sanctification of marriage but we also know where it didn't happen and God says hey I'm not into wishful thinking. I'm into biblical truth. And if you build on this foundation, then it's unshakable. So romantic relationships, hey, do you know Jesus? Okay, great. We can start there. So now you build your relationship with Jesus. I build my relationship with Jesus. And if we build together individually, in our quiet times, in our private place, our relationship with Jesus, then we can build together. Often what, what we see in, in youth circles, especially when I was in Stalamos at the, at the varsity there, the, the girl will get saved, know Jesus. She will then date a flirt to convert kind of type situation. She will then date the guy, bring him into, into church. This guy gives his heart to Jesus. He starts speaking in tongues. And the first baptism, he's there. And then the relationship doesn't work. And then the guy is off to another place away why because the foundation individually was not built on jesus and jesus christ so husbands if you want to love your wives build your relationship with jesus wives if you want to love your husband build foundation on jesus build that relationship and then number three he can handle all the pressure of family and the world if you're built there you might feel like you're falling apart but you're not because you're reinforced by the steel rods of the spirit okay then the pillars the husband and the wife are the pillars of a healthy family and again world transformation husband like i said male wife female is the only god-ordained pillars of a family one husband one wife Husband and wife is equal in value, but uniquely different in role. Husbands should model Jesus' leadership through service, because we're called to lead, so therefore we need to follow Jesus' leadership model, model, and that was to serve. Ephesians 5 talks about laying our lives down for our wives. That is covenant. Covenant means somebody's dying. And if you're taking responsibility to lead your wife in that covenantal relationship, which we call marriage, you need to start dying to yourself, serve your wife, yes, but also make decisions that will be God, God glorifying or will be glorifying Jesus. And then, and then wives, you should lead with, with submission. It's, it's beautiful. And by the way, husbands, every wife, will willingly submit if you lead like jesus it's so difficult for them to submit if you're constantly doing the wrong things not spending time with jesus not being kind not displaying the fruits of the spirit but all the other fruits of other demonic forces and now they need to submit when you make a crucial decision in your life but if you are like jesus they're gonna go like wow i'm willing where do we go Secunda from George, no, but I'll go. Beaufort Vest, near yeah. I will go. And husbands, if you keep on throwing the submission card, you don't have any authority. If I, as the leader just of this congregation, constantly tell you, listen here, you need to be at intercession 530 on a Monday morning. I'm the leader and I'm saying this. You, all of you need to be there. Then I can do it a couple of times, but I'm actually losing my authority if I keep on throwing the submission card. And the same works in the house, especially between husband and wife. Children is a different story. They often, like I tell my kids, they say, oh, but it's not, I didn't do that. And I would say, I don't care. You're going to pick it up and you're going to put it in your bedroom wherever it needs to be put And we're going to get to that now. It is the most important human relationship in the family. And we also see this often happens. So parents, they love one another. What happens if you love one another in a naked way? You get kids. And then the mother, she loves the child. She loves the children. The mother forgets about the husband. But then the children's going to get out of the house. And then what happens? Oh, we realize we don't know one another anymore. Because the priority was wrong. First relation with Jesus, then relationship with your spouse, and then your children. Your children's going to leave your home, and you're going to sit with your wife or your husband. And don't find yourself in that place where you are a stranger to your wife or your husband when they leave the nest. It's not empty nest syndrome. Yes, there's, there's a reality behind that. But it's actually also you not putting priority in place for to love your wife or to love your, your husband. Just a stat that I found interesting in terms of, of the leadership of the husband in the home. Billy Graham Quoted his association, did some research, and they said, When the husband became, came to, to faith in Christ first, the entire fa- family came to faith, 60% of the cases. So husband gets saved, 60% of, that fa- of, of those families, then get all of them get saved. When the wife come, came first, 40, 40 to 40-50% of the families all accepted Christ. And in the families which a child came to Christ first, 25% of them saw their entire family become, become Christians. So husbands, you have a job to do. Then three, family, our children. Who of you are children in the room? It's a trick question, all of you are. Okay. How many months of the year have 28 days? Well done. You guys are clever. The one cow walked down the street, turned around to the other cow. The cow said, moo. The other cow turned around and said, that's exactly what I wanted to say. Okay, children, we're talking about children. It's my wife's birthday and we're allowed to make jokes in church. So children is the roof or the arch resting on the strength of their parents' relationship with Jesus and each other. Okay, that's, that's a strong strong statement. Each other should be two words, by the way. So the, the arch is, is the strongest structure when it comes to to construction because all the pressure gets applied into the pillars into the foundation that's why when when they build a bridge they often use a arch at the bottom so when you when you think of what's resting the pressure that's resting on children today then they would only be able to handle that pressure if they are built on that foundation the parents as the pullers, and then Jesus as the ultimate, ultimate foundation. And that force is then straight, straight applied, straight through, through the pullers into the foundation. So, how do we build into children? Comment number one. Children's fate is unfairly, unfairly determined by the strength of their parents' relationship with each other, and Jesus Christ. So that's the negative. The positive is if you love your spouse and you love Jesus and your spouse loves Jesus, then your children they have unfair advantage in handling the pressure of this world. They have an unfair advantage in life. Not only will they be healthy children but they'll also impact their environment. And that's where we want to get to. The best thing for children is when parents make Jesus the foundation of their family and models seeking God's kingdom first. So it sounds like common sense, but it's not common sense. If you look at how families practice their faith. So, They need to see parents making decisions that's maybe hurting them financially, maybe hurting their comfort zone, but they're choosing Jesus. Children need to see it. And by the way, you can preach chicken pox to children, but you have measles, they're going to get measles. They see what you do. It's your modeling that has more power than often, more power than your words so they need to see this so a couple of a couple of months ago i just asked in the evening service who of you have seen your dad on his knees worshiping jesus just praying to jesus only five in the entire evening service said they've seen their dad on their knees praying or worshiping jesus what is being modeled in our homes Are we modeling that we are willing as the head of the home to bow our knees to the head of the universe? Are we modeling that? So the best thing for your children, the best model that you can put out there for your children is to worship Jesus Christ in everything. And also the conversations. No, it's not about money. It's about what is the right thing within the context of the kingdom. Seeking God's kingdom first works for parenting too. So, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Leon. Leon is also often loud in services, so you, well, you modeled well. So so that means that if you seek God's kingdom first then all everything else the bible says his kingdom first and his righteousness everything else will be added to you so that means that the time that you spend away from your family because often we cannot take time away from our family for to maybe counsel somebody or to go on a mission trip or to engage with a poor neighbor because we need to have family time. But what they need to see and what you need to do honestly in your heart is you need to pursue the kingdom first. And they're going to see that. I've often, growing up in a a church environment, often had my mom and my dad away, missing things that's important to us. Because they had to, to minister, because they had to seek the kingdom of God first. There's no traumatic event that I can point to that came from my parents seeking God first. But were they there every single hour of the evening? No. Of, through all my life? No. But what they modeled was so more important than just spending time with me was seeking God's kingdom first. So again, it's in the context of the picture that I showed you. Foundation of Jesus Christ. Pillar of husband loving his wife. Wife loving her husband. And then building on top of that a healthy relationship with your children. So what does it mean to seek God's kingdom first within in your family? How can, you, how can you model that? And then number three... All the parents are going to say yes to this. Children access Jesus as their foundation through honoring their parents. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Children access Jesus as their foundation through honoring their parents. And like I said, all of your children, so all of you can still do this. Okay, so... There's a good thing that's happening. People become aware of how we should parent. I think our generation is probably the generation that has the most knowledge on how to be good parents. When I talk to my parents, when I talk to the older generation, you 50, 60 years old, you didn't have the kind of information that we had, the research that's that's come out in how to be good parents. You didn't have that. So now what happens is we become aware of our parents' weaknesses. And a lot of us, if I ask you, hey, do you come from a dysfunctional family? A lot of you would say yes. And the reason why you can say yes is, yes, you experience the hurt, but also because you have information on where your parents went wrong. But now sometimes that actually plays into the devil's court what we do is like my dad never told me that he loved me my dad never said he is proud of me which should never happen dad you need to tell your children every single day I love you I'm proud of you unconditional love I'm not only proud of you when you come home with a good report no I love you and I am proud of you all the time but now what happens we think because of that God cannot restore my identity because fathers you're supposed to give identity to your children now my dad didn't tell me he loves me my dad didn't tell me that he's proud of me therefore I will always struggle with my identity that is not the gospel the gospel says once you are connected through Jesus Christ to the father you now have the blood of Jesus flowing through you you become royalty that is your new identity you have a better father now so you need to forgive your dad and you need to say, Lord, I ask now that you reveal to me where my dad was a biblical example of what a dad should be. Because all of us, if you're sitting here in this church, your dad actually inspired this. Even though he maybe didn't tell you to go to that church or maybe didn't pray with you, but there is good in him because he is created in the image of god because now what's happening we are counting people that are 45 50 years old and they like oh i still have a dad wound it might be true and you forgive your dad and you come to all the encounters but then at a point you need to accept what jesus did to you and that he you out of that dysfunctional family and he put you into the most perfect family ever and you can stand up and say hey i'm gonna be the best dad ever not because i had the best example but because i actually have the best dad and his blood he's flowing in my veins the blood of jesus jesus paid for all of that nonsense for all the hurt all the trauma all the dysfunction he paid for that and you stop speaking death to your relationship with your parents. So there is wisdom needed. I would love for, for Eva one day to come to me and say, Hey, Dad, Dad I, I forgive you for this, this ABC. Um, I think you failed there. Maybe you allowed some dysfunction in your Can you maybe just pray over me? Can we correct it? I would love for Eva to do that. And hopefully I'll be secure enough to receive that, whether it's from a teenager or a 25-year-old. But then what I would love for her to do is to say, listen here, even despite my dad's bad example in ABC, I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to seek the redemption of my soul and my spirit and even my mind— so that I can be the best mom to my kids ever. And I'm not going to use the example of my parents as an excuse to be a bad just citizen of heaven, of George, being part of a family. It's not an excuse. You have a better dad now. When I have a friend, a dad committed suicide just after a fourth birthday, which is horrible. And uh, she was actually in, in worship. She was standing here or somebody prayed for her. I can't remember exactly the, the context. And then she felt God saying this. She said, you never had the model of a good dad in your family. But you now have received the best dad. And then God said this. An earthly dad didn't mess up your picture of me as a father therefore you actually have an advantage over some of the other people (laughs) which it's almost illogical to think like that but that's a revelation so here's some big homework that all of us need to do because i know this landed is you need to go and think of your parents and you think of the gold that God, god placed in them whether it's just Sending you through school, getting you educated, putting food on the table. Maybe once in his thirty years of parenting you or fifty years of parenting you, he said, Wow, I'm proud of you. You just say, Lord, I got it. I got it. Mom, she was so emotional. Oh, I hate that. Going home after school, because mom would ask all these questions. she be so overwhelmed by the, the, the worries of this world and finances and stuff. I hated it. But wow, there's one time I remember where mom looked me in the eye and said, Hey, I don't have everything figured out. Please forgive me. And I'm going to forgive her like I expect my kids to forgive me. And I'm going to honor that. Great. Let's go last one. Four more minutes. World transformation is dependent on the strength of our families. So biological and spiritual families. There is nothing more impactful than a godly family. the analogy of levi being dropped into the marae family the devil doesn't have a chance with levi godly family is the structure with with within which converts become disciples if somebody gets saved in our church the first thing we try and do as a as a staff and his leadership get that person connected to family Get that person connected in relationship with people that can mentor that person, that can disciple, that can love that person.